were some of it quite hard to write? Yeah, that first chapter uh, took me 50 years to write, so... And then it came out in about 20 minutes. Putting the rest of the story down is great. You see, the Believe documentary exists, and, and people could download that, so I feel it, it had already been covered in a certain way. This, this is another way of me putting it down. They, they should run across each other, and there's probably more on coming out and how I felt about coming out back in 1985 in there. So it's great to get that information out and people can access it and then they'll decide how they decide what they think about me. And what about the experience of recording the audiobook? Because you, you do ad-lib a lot and there's footnotes and footnotes on footnotes. Yes, I do extra footnotes and just say, what's this? And somebody look up this on Google. So we just kept coming up with extra facts and stuff because it's real. I'm, I'm not wildly into the artifice of things because you can have a very professional thing and you go Foom, we're here and something and here's the words that can be useful but I quite like saying what just go and get me a coffee can you get me a coffee I'm not getting you a coffee all right tea whatever it is you know and just chit-chatting going on I like that breaking the third the fourth wall the fourth wall of radio so um, talk, me, talk to me about books what do you like to read uh, what are you reading at the moment well I'm dyslexic so I don't, I don't read huge amount. I audiobook a lot um, at the moment, SAS Rogue Heroes, because I wanted to be in the SAS. Once I heard that the commanders in World War II, if you went AWOL, absent without leave, and, and just got up to Scotland, you could get into the commanders because they liked the um, uh, improvisational skills, and even more so with the SAS. Yeah, I would have just got there. I, kn I know that of me because I've done a number of things now. But, you know, whether, whether I could deal with it under fire and all that kind of stuff, I, I think, I hope I could. But um, I would have liked to have done that. Uh, in, in real life, that was a plan. I was going to do Marines or paratroops and then try and get into the SAS. Whether I would have been accepted, or another thing. Whether I would have been any good, another thing. But that was my plan. Are there other sort of areas of history that you've read books on that you'd recommend for other people? Oh, well, I'm really into um, Bernard Cornwell. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the, the Last Kingdom. And I, I read his book on... Waterloo, the, um, following the stories of what went down. And then I went back and watched all the sharp adventures and Sean Bean and going all the way through. And I find that all fascinating. Mm. I'm really excited to see you in Victoria and Abdul, the film where you played Edward VII with Dame Judi Lynch as Queen Victoria. Yeah. How was that experience? That was fantastic. That was just beautiful. Judy Dench, I, I'd met her before she comes to the openings of my comedy show. She's got a great sense of humour. Then suddenly I get offered to play her son. She has a, a light. I danced with her to, with, I was playing Ray Charles. I was in the makeup trailer, I was playing Ray Charles, What I Say. And I just had this on and I was just grooving away there because I just had the makeup taken off and just going out. And then she started dancing as well. And we're dancing, it's like teenagers dance, like I was dancing with a teenage girl. She has a very young spirit and it shines out of her. So it's just so great to be there. And she's just totally in there. And I feel that I'm sitting inside Bertie and she's sitting inside Victoria. And that's just a great thing. Because I was a kid, I wanted to act when I was seven. And now yeah. um, it's just taken me a long time to get to the table. But I am a relentless little twit. Listening to the book and, and spending some time with you today, you have so many interests, you have so many endeavours, so many things you've done. Where does the drive come from? Well, I might have the drive genetic. I talked to John Malkovich, doing a film with John Malkovich. And uh, he just put out some swatches of wallpaper. It's very ornate wallpaper. He says... I'm thinking of redoing my library. What do you think? <laughs> Your library? You've got a library? Hang on. I just got a toilet. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know, John. Whatever you want. But anyway, he said to me, I said, uh, we're talking about drive and ambition. I said, I am, dri- I am ambitious and I'm driven. He says, well, I'm ambitious, but I'm not driven. I thought it was interesting. So he, he's, he's lazily ambitious. He'd like to get there and get it all, but can't really be bothered to do it. I quite like that. Whereas I'm, I'm just, I've got this built-in motor thing. And when I was seven, I thought, I want to act. I saw A Boy With A Cart by Christopher Fry, kid called Peter Champion had done this. He played Cuthbert's mother. Hmm? Cuthbert's mother is just a hysterical part. It's almost Python-esque, I think. Anyway, he was killing it. I said, I want to do that. I want to do that. Maybe it's a substitution for my mum dying and loss of affection and the audience affection or something. But I said, I want to do that. And it never moved from that. And I've just, I've just worked out how can I do that. And I had to do lessons and other stuff. I wasn't saying I'm seven, I'm going to be a professional and we agents and stuff. But when I was 16, I, I renewed my marriage vows with my career. Mm. I had married to this career that was not paying me